Grace be unto you and peace. Peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ who on this day entered the city of Jerusalem as we now anticipate his coming crucifixion, death, and resurrection. Our text for this day, this day of confirmation for our youth here today, is taken from this gospel lesson, but I'm going to read it from the 41st verse. Bear in mind that the prophecy of Jesus came true when in 70 AD the Roman armies surrounded Jerusalem and a million, 100,000 people died. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The day will come upon you where your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side, and they will dash you to the ground, and you, will, you and your children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Here ends our text. Friends and family of our confirmands, members of Advent Lutheran Church, visitors who may be with us on this glorious day today, what a day it was that our Lord came to his city of Jerusalem. One could just picture this marvelous thing happening. Many of these pilgrims, you know, had come from great distances. They had come sometimes for months on foot. And as they came up over that hill where the Mount of Olives was, they saw this golden city of Jerusalem before their eyes, many of them for the first time in their life. Like with Jesus, when he went there for the first time when he was 12, it was almost a type of confirmation where they saw this magnificent city and what was so special about it was that these people were the stewards of the mysteries of God. They were the ones who held the scriptures and in the scriptures was the hope the hope that began with the fall of Adam and Eve, that this death which had come into this world, this transgression, this violation of humanity, would now through this one person who came to Jerusalem to redeem his people would be fulfilled. It is hard for us to imagine why it is that anybody would in any way not see the glory of this moment. And there were some who didn't. Some who did not recognize the day of his visitation, as Jesus said. They did not recognize probably for a couple of different reasons, one of them outward and one of them inward. The Pharisees were the ones objecting. The Pharisees probably were unwilling to accept this king because he came in such humility, such lowliness. Just think about what this means. He who, according to the Gospel of John, 
was the word that was with God and he was God. All things were made through him. Apart from him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life and that life was the light of men. He is the one who is the eternal word of God. There never was a time in which he was not. There will never be a time in which he will not be again. He was the one who spoke the word and created the stars. He was the one who had spoken the word and all life came to be upon this earth. This same one was there in the flesh of a lowly man riding upon a humble little donkey riding into the city. And in this state of lowly humility, he could not be recognized by these Pharisees. Why? Because of also what was inward and inside of them. They had been filled with pride. They were filled with the pride of their own self-righteousness, that their religious deeds and their works and their actions and all the things that they had been in their own sight, so holy they thought they were that they did not need a Savior. And so instead of seeing him for who he was, they were blinded by their own internal pride. And they could not, in this state of ignorance, understand why this Savior was so important for them. Yesterday I was listening to a study that had been done in Cornell University. It was kind of an interesting one because the professor wanted to be able to know how, how is it that ignorant people can't seem to be able to recognize their ignorance. And so he did a series of studies, actually very comprehensive studies with tests on students. And he came to the realization that, see if we can understand this right, that ignorant people are ignorant about how ignorant they really are. And because they are ignorant, they completely and totally overestimate themselves. Whereas people who are well-informed are people who oftentimes realize what they don't know. And because they realize what they don't know, they are people who oftentimes underestimate themselves. Yeah, ignorance and pride go hand in hand. And the Pharisees were full of pride and they could not, in their ignorance, recognize the day of their visitation. But the question for all of us, for you, my dear and beloved confirmands, is do you recognize the day of your visitation? You know, we call those moments, those special moments, the Bible will sometimes call them kairos, moments, the times when it seems as though our whole life spins upon that one moment in our life. You know, there are times when things have happened to us, decisions have, that have been made, relationships that have either been made or broken that somehow have twisted our life and set us off on a course, and we oftentimes wonder whether or not that is the right course or was the right course. There's a movie that was out recently called La La Land, and it was a movie essentially about a couple that 
fell in love with each other in their kind of humble life and humble beginnings of life. But then, in order to be able to advance their careers, in order to become important people, in order to pursue their own desires, they ended up going different ways. And then later on in life, looked back and realized that they didn't really recognize that moment, that Kairos moment. When I was growing up, I kind of wondered about that myself. I, I wondered, what would life be like for me if my parents hadn't moved from Minnesota out to Colorado? What, what would it have been like? What, what would it have been like for me if I had chosen a different career? And I wondered, what would have happened if I had not escaped the draft? And if I had been drafted into the military and fought in Vietnam, would I even be here today? If I had not had that accident, if you had not had the, those moments of failure or despair, would your life have been significantly different? Those were the Kairos moments when you look back and you wonder, was God really there with me? But we have Kairos moments too as God's children. There were those Kairos moments when we say to ourselves, what would have happened if you hadn't had parents who brought you to baptism when you were a little baby? What would have happened if you had not heard devotions, if you had not heard about Christ? What would have happened if prayers had not been said for you? What would have happened if you had not learned about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Would you be here today? You know, those were also Kairos moments, moments when Jesus came and visited you and moments where Jesus came and visited me. This today is a Kairos day. It is a day of God's visitation in a very special way because we see Jesus riding upon that donkey coming into the city of Jerusalem. What did he come to do? He came into this world for the purpose of destroying the power of death. He came into this world to become a substitutionary sacrifice that his life would be a ransom for our redemption. He came into this world in order that he might become himself the very means through which our eternal life would be brought about, in which these kids right here would actually be able to go to heaven itself. Yes, and we're going to this week, we're going to walk with him all the way to that cross and we're going to celebrate with him and recognize what it is that is really happening here on this Holy Week. We're going to go to Monday, Thursday, where Jesus celebrated the Lord's Supper with his disciples, his last disciples, his last supper. And then we're going to walk with him to that cross on Good Friday and we're going to see our Savior suffering and dying in our place in order that our sins may be pardoned and canceled by God and no longer held against us as we now cling by our hearts to what it is that he did for us there at that cross. But then we're going to be able to rejoice on Easter morning and we're going to sing the praises of God who has now raised his son from the dead and because he has been raised from the dead, God the Father has declared before the entire world that the sins of the whole world have now been pardoned. 
And in that resurrection, he's going to give to you and to me a hope of everlasting life, an everlasting life, a life that will never end in the resurrection and that there is no power that death now has over you or me. But that's not the only Kairos moment of visitation. No, as difficult as it was for those people to see the humble way that Jesus came into Jerusalem, so also today it is difficult for us to see the humble way that he comes to us here. He comes to us as simply through the word itself. Yes, all scripture is the very breath of God, Paul says. God is speaking to us. And it says in the book of Hebrews, when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. He comes to us in water. We remember those words of Peter who said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Humbly, lowly, when we take those babies to the baptismal font and we pour water over their head, our Lord is coming there too. He comes to us and will come to you for the first time today in bread and wine where he says, this is my body, this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Here today in this place, Christ is coming to you. And he comes to us not only in water and word, but he comes to us also in that wonderful promise. Remember what he said when he was getting ready to ascend into heaven. He said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That our Lord never, ever leaves his children, but is with them every single day of their lives. The exhortation of this text is simple. Don't let pride and ignorance stand in the way of you recognizing Christ coming to you. Pride takes its place. It's rooted in that self-righteousness that desires to exalt and magnify your own good deeds before God, your own holiness before God. Pride takes place in the heart of the one who despairs of that and claims that there is no God and doesn't care if there is no God. Ignorance is something that is rooted in pride and it is something that blinds you by itself. Ignorance begets ignorance. And in that blindness, you will find yourself living in a real la-la land which is not real but which is only pretend. Every day, every day in the Christian's life is a Palm Sunday. Every day is the day of God's visitation. There is never a single day that we should ever live without the joy that comes and that we see and that we taste here in Palm Sunday. That God would bend down, the creator of the universe would bend down and share in our humanity that we might be redeemed 
from these sins and redeemed from this death. That God would actually save us not by our deeds and not by our works, not by our efforts, not by our merits, not by our holiness, but by what he does for us freely, for undeserving people. What he does out of his grace and out of his mercy. And to think that we would have a God who would actually enter with us in all of our trials and tribulations of life. A God who cares. A God who numbers the hairs of our head. A God who doesn't let a sparrow fall from heaven except apart from his own knowledge and will. This same God is the one who cares about you and he knows you by name, my dear confirmands. The Lord is the one who knows you by name and he is going to destroy every enemy of yours through his cross and through his open tomb. So we can say, come, Lord, into this heart of mine, into my life, no matter what tribulations I may face. Last night, I was saying prayers with my granddaughter. I said, now, Finley, close your hands and pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. And she folded her hands and said, come Lord Jesus, be our guest and let these gifts to us be blessed. That's what we pray though every day as Christians. Come Lord Jesus, come in your humble and lowly ways to be with me that I may taste the joy of Palm Sunday as the day of my visitation. Whenever he comes and wherever he comes, he's going to bring you joy. Don't you ever forget that. But it also means something else. I hope we can all kind of understand this. That as we look back sometimes in our lives and we wonder if that decision had been made, if this decision had been made, if these things had been different, if I had made a different decision over here, we say to ourselves, what would our life be today? And you know what? The world knows that the, everything in their life is self-determinate, that they, that they make their own decisions, and so therefore everything in their life is just the chaos of their own decisions. But you know what it means for us? It means for us that if you are God's children, that there are no mistakes, that God works through all things for your good, and that there is never a time in which God is not actively involved in caring for you and leading you in his pathways, even if it involves trials and tribulations. This last week, I went down to see my 91-year-old mother, and thank you, all of you that asked. She's doing fine, except that she doesn't have very much memory anymore. But one thing she does every night when she goes to bed, she reads three devotionals from her three devotional books. And for her, Every single night, her Lord comes to her, and every single night, he visits her before she goes to sleep. I want you to remember, dear confirmands, dear people of Advent, 
that our Lord and our Savior did not just come once there at Palm Sunday. He still comes to us today. But he comes lowly and humbly as he did even then. He comes to us in his word. He comes to us in his sacrament. He comes to us and he wants us to open up our eyes and our hearts that we might recognize and see him. Remember, be prepared every day of your life for the joy of Palm Sunday and be prepared for the day of your visitation. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard and keep your thoughts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.